0: Let's just read this together because this is, the, this is the insight that we're unpacking. Let's read. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Lord, we are serious about this. We want you to direct us. And we want to learn how to hear and see and follow your directions. So do something supernatural and natural today as you take broken flesh. Speak, you've already spoken to some. You've, you've encouraged somebody through the singing and through the worship. You've already spoken to some. So take this, this, this broken person and speak even more as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen. Please be seated. All right. I love this passage. Since we are living by the Spirit since we've made a commitment we have devoted our lives to God I told you last week that that this notion of God leading us in every part of our lives starts with us making a commitment to say that you know I'm going to devote my life to God that he's going to be Lord that means he's got absolute authority in my life through his son Jesus Christ and and I'm going to do what he's asked me to do uh as a matter of fact uh, gives me a chance to celebrate. Last weekend, 19 people made a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. Can we just give God a hand and praise about that? It's amazing. And and there, this this notion that God will lead us as we give our lives to Him, never being perfect, never being flawless, but just being faithful. Uh, uh, Jesus makes this promise in John chapter. Uh, 14 verses uh, 15 through 17, he says, look, if you will obey and keep my commandments, that means, you know, I, I'm committed to, if you, if you lead me, I'm committed to following you, right? Obey and keep my commandments. Jesus says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, a comforter, interceding. He's referring to the Holy Spirit who will never leave you. Shout, never leave you. All right. And the next verse, he says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. And God says that this one will live in us and guide us. So here's the first point. God is able to lead us in every part of our lives uh, uh, if, in fact, we're open to it. Ask, tell the person next to you, you've got to be open to it. You've got to be open to it. He'll lead us in every part of our life. I want you to notice this notion. Say every part. Every part. And listen, God should be able to lead us in every part because God at the end of the day is God. Let's just say we've got a scientist in the house and the scientist says, my, I, I, my, my, the world in which I live is science. I go, to the, I go to work every day and I do science. Can God lead me Uh, in that part of my life and I say to you absolutely because God is the first scientist in creation I mean isn't it God is the one who came up with H2O and give us water y'all come on (laughs) maybe we've got an engineer in the house and says look I'm an engineer how can God can God lead me in the work of being an engineer have you looked at the universe recently there's no better engineering than the God who put the universe together and is still working just the way he said it. In your parenting, in your marriage, in your, in your day-to-day choices at work, at home, God says, I want to lead you. I want to guide you. Right, well, how does that, how does that, one, I've got to be open to it. Secondly, inside of being open to it, it means that I live with an ear towards heaven, an ear open to heaven regularly. That's my, that's my state, that's my disposition. Well, what does that look like? I thought I'd, I'd, I'd illustrate, and then I'm gonna walk through some different ways that God speaks to us. Uh, hey, Siri. What are you doing? Go ahead. Do you hear Siri say, go ahead? That's right. I should have put it up to my mic so you could hear. I said, I said, hey, Siri, and after a while she said, go ahead. And then she says, I'm here. Now, there's a couple of observations that I just can't wait to make from this, from this illustration. <laughs> the first observation is if imperfect humanity, come on now, can take an inanimate, not alive piece of metal and, and fix it so that we can speak to it and get it to say, I'm here, tell me what you want me to do, surely a perfect God, come on now, can take humanity, take you and me and speak into our lives in a way that we can hear. Surely we're not smarter than God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Tell the person next to you, God wants to communicate with you. Now, secondly, the way that Siri works is that Siri is always listening. Right? That's how it's been designed, that, that, that I'm, I'm here teaching to you, and, 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 but, but Siri is listening, and, and, and Siri is listening for, uh, you know, kind of a code word. If, 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 if Siri happens to pick out my saying, hey, Siri, then, then, then ultimately Siri responds most of the time. Somebody say most of the time. And that is just like it with us, right? That we've we've got to to live with an ear open to heaven, and and, and we won't be perfect. We won't be perfect. We won't always hear God when he speaks. And sometimes we'll hear God, but we're not quite sure whether we've heard God. Hey, Siri. See? Wasn't sure. Did he call me or did he not? I'm not I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. There are other occasions when I say, when I call on Siri when I was early on, and I'd say, hey Siri, call my wife Rhonda. And Siri would say, calling Robert. <laughs> and I'd say, no Siri, not Robert, Rhonda. And Siri would say, okay, calling Robin. And, 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 and But the, 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 the lesson was, the more Siri tried to do what Siri heard me say, the more it tries to do, it learns. It learns. It learns. Tell the person next to you, you can learn the voice of God. Tell them you can learn. Right? And so there comes a point where most of the time if I say call Rhonda, Siri I say calling Rhonda. Actually, I don't have to say Rhonda. They say call my wife. And since Siri knows I only have one wife. <laughs> so there's two really there's amazing one A God wants to communicate with you he's serious about wanting to direct you in every affair of your life he's not waiting for you to be perfect for him to do it matter of fact he, he, he wants to he, he just needs you to be open to it he needs you to be listening and looking and, and, and you're not going to be perfect at it. There, there'll be times you think that it's God and, 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 and ultimately will not be God. And there'll be other times when you, when, when you may miss hearing God. But, but if God really wants you to hear him, he'll just keep on. He'll just. So never worry about, oh, my God, I didn't hear God. I've missed it. Like it's my once in a lifetime. No. If it's important enough to God, he'll just keep bringing it back up to you Ultimately. Now let me talk to you about some of the ways in which God directs us, some of the ways in which God speaks. So last week, if you were here, I told you to go home and and, uh, make a list of all the different powerful moments that God has showed up in your life. And look for patterns. And as you work through those patterns, as you work through those moments, see what patterns are there. And it begins to give you some clue how God speaks to you because he speaks to us differently. Not everybody the same. Uh, I, I suspect that some of you did that, and so let me just walk through what some of you may have found in terms of how God speaks to you. One way is through what I want to call uh, a, a, a godly whisper. Everybody shout, whisper! It's a whisper. It's a whisper. It's a whisper. We see the biblical example of this in First Samuel, Samuel chapter three. Young uh, Samuel is actually growing up in the temple, being groomed by the priests. Of the temple, Eliah. Eli. One night Samuel's sleeping and he hears someone call his name, Samuel. He gets up and he runs to Eli and says, Did you call me, sir? And he said, and Eli said, No, I didn't call you. So Sam goes back and lays down and and he hears his name again. He goes back to Eli and says, Did you call me, sir? And Eli said, No, I didn't call you. In the process, Eli realized what's really going on is God must be calling. He said, so listen, go back and lay down. If you hear someone call you again, just say, uh, uh, Lord, your servant is listening. Now, when I first heard this as a teenager, this was one of the most fascinating passages I ever learned. heard. Because, you know, I grew up in a church full of, you know, older deacons and, and you know, my Sunday school teacher and, and all these kind of saints of, of, of age. And, and, and I thought, you know, you had to, you know, I, I had to be at least 65 before God would speak to me. <laughs> right? And I had to at least, I had to memorize all of the Bible maybe. Live like 89% perfect life. And then I read this passage and I discovered that God would speak to me, a teenager. And all I had to do was just just open myself up and say, God, speak to me. That's a really fascinating thing. And if you guys can leave here today knowing that God wants to whisper, wow, your life can become an unexpected adventure. Shout whispers. The former pastor of Willow Creek... uh, uh, wrote a book about different ways that God speaks to us, and he asked uh, the folk from Willow Creek in Chicago to submit emails to talk about how God has spoken in their lives. As a matter of fact, I think that's a great practice, and I encourage some of you as we're talking about this. Send me an email. Let me know how God has spoken to you over the years. how How does that How does it work for you? And he got a slew of emails, and in one of the emails was was a co-pilot who was co-piloting on that. That that horrendous day, 9-11. Nicole Pilot says that it came across the plane computer. He was flying from Chicago to New York, and it came across the plane computer that a small one-engine plane had run into a a major Boeing jet in southern Manhattan. And it just didn't compute for him. It didn't make sense. Then the next thing he knew, he got word that they were supposed to lock the cockpit in fear of terrorists maybe have uh, planted themselves on the plane, locked the cockpit, and land at the nearest, safest airport. And he said, as they got ready, they, they had an hour to fly to the, to, to the safest airport, and his, the pilot said to this co-pilot, whose name is Joe, the pilot says, man, my stomach is in knots. And Joe said his stomachs would have been in knots too. However, just a few minutes prior to that, God whispered to him. He said he heard God say I have never let you down. Trust me I will not let you down now. And Joe said he didn't know how this was going to end up but he knew he was okay. Shout whisper. God whispers. There's another story for a woman who shares her story that she was she wasn't even a Christian at the time. She, she She was sitting in a car and and She, had, the, 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 she had just went through a horrible breakup for her boyfriend, and she was saying, how come it hurts so much to try to love somebody? And then she said she heard just coming from within, a whisper that says, Michelle, that's exactly how I feel about you. Why does it hurt so much for me to love you? And it opened her up in such a powerful way that she ultimately ended up finding her, her, her way to Willow Church and, and gave her life to Jesus and radically changed the course of history for us. There's another story of a of a widow whose husband had died, and she was lying on her bed crying. And she said she heard a whisper, shout whisper. And the whisper simply said, I'm right here with you. Did it take the pain out? No. Was it still a long road of grief? Yes, but but she was empowered by a comfort that came from knowing that God was with her. Yes, God whispers. That's why the text tells us from time to time, be still. Oh, that's a big word in Silicon Valley. Still, are you kidding? Be still. Turn down the volume. Then it says, and know that I am God. Create some space in your life to hear God whisper. There's another way that God uh, speaks to us. is through what I call promptings. Everybody shout promptings. Promptings. We see this in scripture. One of my favorite uh, passages is in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John are going to the temple to pray and the temple is surrounded by people who are disabled and poor and they're begging for help. There's one fella who asked for help and now you've got to keep, in order to get this, uh, this, this picture, you've got to know that there's tons of people who are just like this one fellow. So this one fellow among the others reaches out and said, would you help us? And then the text says this, Peter and John looked at him, shout intently. Right there, that word right there suggests that something supernatural happened that that there was a prompting that, that said to Peter and John focus right here as a matter of fact the King James Version says they fixed their eyes on him there's a prompting there's prompting it says, that suggests suggest God says I want to do something supernatural right here and later they say silver and gold I have not but such as I have pick up your bed and walk and miraculously he was healed in that moment Right there. They would have missed the moment had they not paid attention to the prompting. One of my former church administrators back in Boston, Florence Huffman, tells a story. Many years ago, that's about 15 years ago, she was, had a small daycare in her home. And one morning she got a prompting that she should just move the kids from where they were in her living room to another part of the house. She'd walk with God enough to know that, wow, she didn't have an explanation for the prompting. It was a prompting, and so she just obeyed. About five minutes later, she shares a story during broad daylight in the daytime. Somebody was driving down the street, totally drunk, went off the street, cut through two yards. Her house set up on a hill, went up on a hill and slammed through the wall into her living room. Had her and those kids been there, she would have been dead, and the kids would have been dead you say prompting. Prompting. Another side or another way of talking about prompting is what I call spiritual intuition. I I use the term spiritual because God has designed us as as body, mind, and soul. He designed us in a way that he can communicate with us. Surely if we can talk to an inanimate object, God can speak to us. In this notion of intuition, uh, one older lady who has been walking with the Lord a long time, she, she would talk about it like this. She would say, I just know In my knower. Some older saints will will use this terminology. I just happen to know it in my spirit. One of our partners, who's a tremendous volunteer here, uh, Angela Burtz, who uh, grew up in challenging circumstances in East Palo Alto, ended up going to uh, Stanford, beating the odds, going to Stanford, graduated from Stanford. And recently, she earned a PhD, uh, and she's right here. Come on up here. Let me show, show these people who you are. Come on up here just very quickly. She's real. Praise the Lord. Now, stand right here for a minute. She told me uh, the other day after this, I was talking about God moments. She met me out in the hallway, and she said, look, I had a God moment. This PhD, this, this new PhD, Dr. Angela said, everybody say, Dr. Angela. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, Dr. Angela. Uh, she said, she said, when she went to interview at UC uh, in Santa Cruz for this teaching job, she says as she sat in the interview, she said something like electricity just happened in her. And then she just knew in her spirit that that job was hers. Did you get the job? Yes, I did. She got the yeah. job. Come on, give God a hand, praise so you can go hit. <laughs> matter of fact, she was so sure, she got, when she got out of the interview, she called her sister and told her, you know, God has placed me here. This is the job that God has for me. We know, and I know. Another way that God speaks to us is through the words of other people. God, it doesn't have to always be this, you know, kind of a mysterious thing that, that God actually used other people to speak to us. And if you're listening, you can determine, wow, that was a word from God. Come on, pray, say, it. that was a word from God. That was a word from God. Now, one of my favorite examples about this is, you know, Moses is really what I would call the gold standard for kind of mysterious experiences with God. I mean, talking about somebody who hears God speak to him. I mean, this is the guy who passed by a bush that got on fi- was caught on fire, and, and, and he heard God speak to him out of the bush. I mean, this is the guy talking about somebody hearing God speak to him. I mean, he's standing on the edge of the Red Sea, and he hears God say, "Raise up your staff," and he raises up the staff, and the Red Sea parts, and man, and, they, and they, you know, six hundred thousand people pass through. I mean, if anybody knows the voice of God, certainly Moses knows. Somebody say Moses is the bomb. Just something, Moses is the bomb. Yeah, yeah. But there is a fascinating story about this gold standard for hearing God. Is this incredible? It's found in Exodus chapter 18, and, and here's how it goes. His father-in-law, Jethro, uh, shows up one day, and he finds Moses is judicating, judging the, for, on behalf of the people, helping them to work through their issues. And, and Moses gets up wee hours in the morning, works all day long to the wee hours of the night. And so Jethro said, this is my, this is my translation, uh, what's wrong with you? Man, what are you doing with so Moses proceeds to explain. He says, look, people bring me their various concerns and I help them to figure out how using the wisdom of God uh, 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 law, how to solve these different things. And I'm, I'm teaching and I'm this and that. And, you know, I just I got I don't have any other option. And, and, and Jethro says, uh, you know, he says, look, man, if you keep this up, you're going to wear yourself out and you're going to wear the people out. And So then. Watch this. Moses, Jethro said, Let me tell you, Moses, what to do. I haven't opened the red sea. I haven't heard God speak to me out of a fiery bush. But let me give you some wisdom here. Set up, find some leaders, godly men, men who can't be bribed. Men who has a sense of what God's law teach and play some over tens and play some over 50 and play some over 100 and play some over 1,000 and structure it kind of like a pyramid and, 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 and let the, only the most difficult stuff. If they can't solve it, then you deal with it. And I love Exodus 18, 24, I think it is. Here's, here's what it says. Come on, read this with me. It says, Moses This man who's used to God speaking to him through fire and, 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 and hearing the whisper heard God speak to him through his father-in-law nevertheless. Everybody shout father-in-law. And I love this. He what? And he took the advice and followed what? All right. Now this is just a little pet peeve of mine. I'm just going to tell you it's a little pet peeve of mine. If you ask for advice, I mean, I've been pastoring for almost a quarter of a century. So I got stories where I can just tell you. When a person comes up to me and says, Pastor, I really need some help. I said, okay. And then, you know, I talked to him for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And I lay it out, okay, here's, what the, here's, here, here's how to apply Scripture, and here's what God is suggesting. And, and you know, here, here's, here's, here's what I suggest you do. One, two, and three. I said, do you got it? Oh, yes, I've got it. Do you think that's right? Oh, absolutely. I think it's godly counsel. Okay, great. All right, now get back to me next week, and let me know how it turned out. I, I, I see them the following week. Did you do what I asked? Well, no, Pastor, I didn't get a chance. to. You took an hour and a half of my time. If you go ask for advice, and if you conclude the advice is good, it's godly, it's, it's worth following, listen, try it out. <laughs> God speaks to us through other people. This is one of the reasons why you come here on Sunday, because God will speak to you through the worship. And also, God will take an imperfect person like me. God knows I'm imperfect, and yet, right now, he's speaking to somebody. Right now. He's speaking to you. Right? God to use a child to speak to you. And, and, and if you're paying attention, you say, my God, that was a word from." My friend uh, Kirk Perry, who is a who is a, uh, is a senior level exec at Google, was with me on yesterday, and there was a number of us at an event in uh, in Redwood City uh, called "Who Is Jesus to You." About six seven hundred people from all over the Bay Area. And he shared his story, and he said he shared his story, and uh, he, he he said. Uh, you know, he got here, he was a big exec, he was doing wonderful. Then he got diagnosed with cancer. And they said to him, it's not a big deal, you know, it should be just, it's kind of mild, it's, it, it, we'll take care of it. It's like stage two early. Next thing he knew, it was stage three. They removed the first layer, and then they discovered there was a whole lot more there, and now he's stage four. So he's a strong believer. And so he said he was in his car one day. And, and, and he said he just lashed out at God. He just started cursing and using all kinds of profanity. Now he was sharing the story yesterday. He was on the stage. I was sitting right in front of me, in front of him. So he looked at me. He said, Pastor Herbert, my window was rolled up. <laughs> I said, okay. So he said he was just cursing and just cursing. He was just so angry. And then he said, somebody knocked on the window. Bump, bump, bump. So he ruled the window down. She said, are you okay? He said, oh, yes, I'm okay. She said, it doesn't sound like it. (laughs) And she said, look, I don't know what you're going through, but let me just tell you this. Do you believe in something bigger than yourself? He said, yes, I believe in God. She says, often your ability to make it through, whatever you're going through, hinges on your faith in that one and he said wow it just sp- sp- right there and that, that that confirmation carried him through his treatments and ultimately uh, God blessed him and he, uh, cancer went into remission and he's doing fine today but let's just give God a hand My point is that God can use people, they may not even be Christians. They may have no idea how what they're saying is truly speaking to you. Everybody is available for God to use to speak to you. By the way, God can use music and songs. You can be listening to something on the radio, and he has a way of connecting it right there. So practice this. Wow, that was a word from God. Say it. You need to start practicing it. If you're not sure, you can say this, say, wow, I think that was a word from God. <laughs> it takes a little practice sometimes, a little practice, a little practice. You, you, you'll figure out whether it's a word from God. One way is because it truly connects deep down on the inside, and, and God's word always manifests in your life. Just kind of have to wait. So let's practice. Everybody shout, peace. Sister Lori told me, one of our partners here, uh, after one of our gatherings last weekend, she said that the way that God really deals with her, speaks to her, is through peace, through the presence of peace or the absence of peace. And I like to tell young people, look, if you're going to a party or you're hanging out with somebody and suddenly you feel the absence of peace, you feel agitated, you don't really have an explanation for it, it seems like everything is fine, pay attention Now, here's the scriptural sense is that whenever Jesus showed up on the other side of the resurrection, he always started with these words, peace be with you, right? And Paul taught these words, uh, be anxious for nothing but in all things, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your requests plural, known to God, and the peace shall peace. Peace of God will, will, will guard your heart and mind, will, will keep your heart from getting into trouble, will keep your mind from getting into trouble. And so I always say, listen, listen, pay attention to the absence or the presence of peace. Let me just give you one other example. This is not an exhaustive list. So there, there are other ways in which God speaks to us, but I'll, I'll end it right here. By shout, Scripture, God will speak to us through Scripture. The psalm that says, uh, your uh, word has has been a lamp unto my feet and a light to my feet. Now, one of the ways that God's Word speaks to us is that as we internalize it, you come to, you know, on a, on a weekly basis, come to worship, and I'm teaching to you the principles of God's Word, and you begin to internalize and learn Scripture, there are just some things that God's Word will just instruct you, nothing mysterious about it. So, for example, if you're, if you're, in a, if you're, you're inside of a relationship and you got hurt, and, and, and maybe you're not maybe you have to impose some boundaries in order to keep yourself safe but your heart got broken maybe it's a child that broke your heart maybe it's a former spouse that broke your heart or, 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 or a sibling that has broken your heart whatever the case is and, and, and you don't have to ask God you know God do you think I ought to forgive him? because scriptures just repeat on the fact that he says that in order for you not to be poisoned by your inability to forgive you've got to work through forgiveness Forgive those that despitefully use you. That's just an insight of Scripture. I don't mean that you have to stay with them. Does that mean you shouldn't put boundaries in place? But it means you got to work through the forgiveness piece. It takes time for some, but you got to do the work. Everybody shout, do the work. So that's one of the ways that God's Scripture is hiding in our head. We get that, right? But every now and then, God will supernaturally use Scripture. will bring it to mind. And I gave you some examples last week. And I'll just give you a dramatic example out of my life. Is, uh, uh, you know, when I was called to preach, you know, God woke me up and he he used Scripture. Acts 1.8. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, he said. Shout Scripture. This is why you want to learn Scripture. This is why you want to be connected to the, to the people of God. All right, so these are just some of the ways. All right, tell the person next to you, these are just some ways God speaks to you. All right, here's the question that we all have to ask and answer. How do I know? Ask the person next to you, how do you know that's God? Ask them, how do you know? Boy, that's a critical question. That's what we have to ask. You think, I mean, you know, and especially if it's some life-changing thing, man, how do you know that it's God? I mean, you know, there are some folks who've gotten up and said, you know what, I, you know, I think God has told me to go to move to Alaska. And really what was happening was you just ate the wrong thing last night. <laughs> God had nothing to do with that. <laughs> All right, so let me give you some Filters. And it's not really one or the other. It's all of these filters ought to to kick in, right, Uh, as you work this thing through. First of all, God usually leads us by steps. So, here's what I'm saying. Let's say you've never heard God speak to you. More than likely, the first time you ever hear God speak will not be God telling you to do a life-altering thing. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's always the case, but I'm saying the norm is God typically leads us step by step by step. We know there's The psalm that says it this way, Psalms 37, verse 22. He says, essentially, here's what he says. The Lord directs what? Directs the, the steps of the godly. The godly simply means those who are devoted to God. And he delights in every what? Detail. He's paying attention. He, 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 he's got a strategy, a strategic plan for your life. You don't have to follow it, but he's got one. Right? Of their lives. So usually it leads us step by step by step. Pastor Dan Monroe, uh, was, we were talking about this the other day, and he said, as a young man, a teenager, he said that someone came to him and gave him a Prophetic word that God had called him to be a missionary. He was, he was essentially going to, you know, uh, bless God's people. Now, Pastor Dan Monroe said he didn't just say, oh, okay, and get a plane ticket to El Salvador. No, he says the first thing God led him to do was to become a teacher in his small church youth group. Right there. Everybody shout Steps. Then, after a while, having taught there and have been faithful for a while, after a while, he became ultimately an associate pastor. Shout Steps. And then ultimately, he moved from Southern California, this is the larger step, up to Northern California to, to take a position up here. Everybody shout Steps. And then finally, he ultimately was, heard God call him and he launched a church. And for 17 and a half years, he was the senior pastor of a church. You see, starts with a small steps. And as you walk with God and get to know God's voice, he, the, the steps get larger and larger and larger. Right? And then ultimately, at the end of the day, he was senior pastor for 17 and a half years, and then when that work was finished, uh, he, he, he didn't Stop pastoring. He never used the title pastor, but he, by then got it confirmed that you're a pastor. He just pastored in a variety of ways as he served the church. And he got a call from me uh, uh, four years ago. Said, "Listen, I need you to come, uh, and, and, and I need somebody who I can take my pastoral heart and entrust it to. So will you come be a pastor? Really, the pastor for the congregation at New Beginnings." And and essentially, he said, "Yes. And let's give God a hand, praise for Pastor Dan Monroe. Here's the scriptural principle. Jesus says it himself, really, in uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 10 and 11. Here's what, here's what Jesus essentially says. He says, uh, he says, first of all, it's about being faithful of, of small things. He says, uh, 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 Luke, Luke, Luke chapter 16. Luke, 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 Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 16. There it is. It says, uh, look at that peel out of the back. But anyway, if you are faithful in little things, yes, there we go. Uh, if you are faithful in what? Little things, you will be faithful in what? So he usually starts us with the small things. And it works us, it works us, it works, us. It works us. There may be exceptions to this rule, but I'm saying the norm. The third thing is that God will always confirm a major word to you through other people. Now, essentially, if you're trying to discern a call that God has placed on your life or something that God is dramatically calling you to do, uh, you do want to be in Christian community. You do want to be in a small group. You do want to be in a church. You do want to know other people who are walking in the same direction as you are. I mean, this is not the time. If if God is calling you to, 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 you know, to to really go to Alaska and and open up to church, it's probably not something that you're going to ask your drinking buddies to confirm. (laughs) Your former drinking buddies. (laughs) All preachers, he redeemed out of something. And all preachers, he's still redeeming something out of them now. Right. So you need people walking in the same direction, nurtured by the same values of faith. Some people who've been with God for a while, who've seen God move, who, has a, has some, some, who are seasoned. Right. So those are the kind of people that you want to look for, for... Uh, confirmation. All right, let me add this principle very quickly. The more extreme the call, the higher the threshold for affirmation it should be. All right, say the more extreme, the higher the threshold. But you got to test it. You got to be able to test it. And one of my favorite uh, passages where, 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 where the guy gets this is in Judges chapter 6. It's about Gideon. You know, Gideon is, is, you know, comes from the smallest tribe and uh, the smallest family in the tribe. And God shows up and says, I'm calling you to deliver my people from the violent hand of the Midianites. Now, at the bottom of it, you ought to read the whole chapter. It's a fascinating chapter. But at the, at, towards the end, Gideon says, okay, I, I, I think you may be God. And I'm kind of, I, I think I hear you, God, but I just need to be sure because this, like, this is like if I get this wrong, I'm dying. A lot of other people die. We need to get this right. So he says, so, so this is where we get this notion, fleece. Everybody say fleece. So he says, here, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a piece of wool, and I'm a, I'm a, a fleece, and I'm going to put it on the ground. And in the morning, I want the fleece to be wet and everything beneath it to be dry, if this is you. So he woke up the next morning, and the fleece was completely wet. He wrung a, a whole bowl of water out, and, and the grass beneath it was dry. Then he went back to God. He says, okay, God, I, I appreciate that. It's pretty cool. Um <laughs> But you know what? I got to be absolutely sure. Please don't get upset with me. But can we just try another test here? And he said, so the next morning, here's what I want you to do. Let the grass be completely soaked, but the fleece be completely dry. So he came in the next morning. The grass was completely soaked and the fleece was completely dry. Now, the, 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 the point here is that, 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 that you don't have to go get a piece of wool. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm saying is, if it's a really big deal, you've got to find a way for God to confirm it outside of you. Yeah, Kirk Perry told this story uh, yesterday as well. He said when he came to Google, uh, he was working in Cincinnati uh, for a big company in Cincinnati, and they just came over to check Google out to do some learning from Google. And while he was there, one of the leaders said, "We have a position that is open, and it's been open for the last I don't know, 12 months and 12, 18 months and." And we're just waiting on the right person. And Kirk said that when she said it, he just like felt like she was talking about him. He said, of course, he wouldn't dare say anything like that because people would say, Wow, well, you're that arrogant? You think? This? And so he made a big joke out of him. He went back home. And after a while, but he couldn't get rid of it. He just kept hearing those words. So finally, he told his wife, he said, you know, this is what I think. So his wife was reading the paper. She just paused a moment. She says, well, first of all, let's be clear. Uh, obviously, she doesn't know who you are. And secondly, if you think this, why don't you just call and ask? So he said, perfect. So he called, and I think he sent her an email. He says, by some chance, were you actually talking about me? I, forgive me for being presumptuous. And she sent back, she says, absolutely. I've been waiting on this email. And then he says, well, I don't know what this is from God because he didn't want to move to this area. So he, says, so, so he had a meeting with him, came over, did a great interview, and he says, this is a fleece, right? He's putting it out there. He said, he said well, let me just talk to you all. I'm a Christian, and I'm really, like, very vocal about my faith, and this probably doesn't really fit Google's uh, structure, culture, so I just kind of want to let you know. And It's okay if you don't hire me because, you know, it's okay. He went back, and then he got an email says, uh, we think, Google will be happy to have you and you'll be happy to be at Google. We like people like you. By the way, this is good news for y'all who work at Google and Facebook and LinkedIn. Stop assuming that they don't like Christians. They may not like crazy Christians. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm a warrior fan. Wherever I go, when they introduced me yesterday, they said, he's a warrior fan. Look, uh, look you, you ought to be a, a Jesus follower. Don't be afraid to let people know you are Jesus followers. All right? All right, let me finish this up. Let me finish this up. If it's life-altering, you've got to have external proof. You've got to look for that multiple confirmation. The scripture in, in, in uh, I think it's, Deuteronomy 17, they said, in that day, they said, you can't put somebody to death, life-altering, on the word of one witness. So you need two to three witnesses. He says, don't ever put somebody to death with one witness. There must always be two or three witnesses. So if God is really calling you, man, he's got two or three or more witnesses out there. Here's here's my final story. Uh, When God called me, it was a dramatic night as the year was changing between 85 and eighty-six. It woke me up three times. I told you about one of those times. It was three dramatic nights, th- three dramatic things. Finally, I woke up saying, preaching in tongues. And then I-, I just knew in my knower, if you would, that he called me. But I said, I need some external confirmation. So I said, God, who can I go to that you can use them to confirm that this is really you? And then a lady by the name of Miss Turner immediately flashed in my mind. She was an older lady in her mid 60s, early 70s. She was a powerhouse for God, worked in the admissions office. So the next morning, I rushed over there and said to her, told her what was going on with me, and said, I need you to confirm. I mean, do, do you think this makes sense that maybe God's calling me to preach? She said, ah, You're the explanation for the dream I had this morning. I said, What dream? She says, I was I was standing on the bench fishing. And fish was coming through. And I was, every time I'd catch them, God would say, throw them back. And finally, this big fish came. Far bigger than my net. But God said, reach out your net. And I reached out my net. And God helped me. And I pulled him. And I, I pulled the fish onto the bank. She said, you were that big fish. And she confirmed it. And that, that, that wasn't enough. I went and talked to my... Pastor friend Ricky Logan, and he said, man, I knew this several years ago. I'm just waiting on you to come up with, it. yes, you're preaching. Of course you call to preach. Then I went home to Pastor, uh, got home. Pastor Gabe Hartz uh, was a fellow who really used to drive me crazy because seven years, he, when I told him, he said, do you remember? Of course I remembered because seven years earlier, he told me as a teenager, he used to smoke a pipe, he's an older guy. He's, he called me over and said, come here, boy, come here. I went over and he says. The Lord showed me you walking right through the front door, down the aisle, up into the pulpit. God is calling you to preach. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> and look looked like every eight months he was calling me. Come on, boy, come on. He was telling me this. It's telling me this. I did not want to preach. But out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let it be confirmed. If my wife was here, she would tell you that she tried to get out of me. Are you a preacher on our first date? I said, no, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a preacher. She said I, I think you might be a preacher no no I said I am not a preacher I said but if being a preacher will give me a second date I'll be a preacher <laughs> 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 so you can imagine when I called her you know like five months later she's in San Francisco and I'm in Gramlin saying I think God's called me to preach she hung up on me But at the end of the day, I'm here preaching. And she's married to me and blessing my life. Let's give God a hymn praise.